Thank you so much, worship team, for leading us in the presence of God. Don't get too comfortable. I think we're going to be right back up here pretty soon. Big welcome to everyone tuning in online. So glad that you guys are watching today. If you would, remember always to hit that like and share button to get the message out to as many people as possible. What a fun season we're in as a church. By the way, welcome. Looking at all of y'all, I'm so glad that y'all showed up on a holiday weekend, showing up strong in the house of God to receive the word. I love that. Uh, big, uh, big welcome to you, all of our E students. Glad you guys are back from camp. Are you guys excited for Jesus this morning? I love that. So what happened in camp? Well, how about we saw uh, four people called into ministry? How about we saw four people filled with the Holy Spirit? How about we saw some people get set free and delivered? Um, well, I'm telling you what. I'm excited about what God did in our students. I'm excited about you students tonight. I hope y'all are ready. It's going to get rowdy in the house tonight. It really will. But before we get to that, we got to get into the word today. Um, I was praying about the title for this message, uh, which God completely rocked me <laughs> in preparation for what I'm going to share with you today. Um, the Lord just gave me a number, and it was 53. So let's talk about 53 this morning. Everyone, if you will, just hold up five fingers. Now hold up three fingers, so that's 53. What does that mean, Pastor Josh? 53% of our country will never darken the doors of a church. 53%, I know, I know these numbers, I know these stats. I, I, I'm a stat man uh, in church world. I can tell you, pick a number, I can give you the statistics on it. Pick, a, pick something, I can give you the trend on it because um, I'm focused on it because it's the world that I live in and I'm serious about doing what God has called me to do. 53% of our country. Jesus isn't even on their radar. It's crazy. E students, I know this is going to be nuts, but think about this. There are people in your generation that have no idea who Jesus is. So Jesus, you mean Jesus? No, Jesus. They don't know who Jesus is. When these people go through storms in life, they're not going to turn to Jesus. They're going to try to handle it on their own. When their marriages fall apart, they're not going to go to a church or talk to a pastor. They're going to try to find a solution out in the world. And there's no solution for that out in the world. The only solution, the true solution for any of this stuff is Jesus. And he's not on their radar. There are going to be thousands of people that are going to drive down Highway 5 in front of our church today and go this way and that way, and they're not going to give our building a second glance. They have no idea that we're here. They have no idea what's going on. They have no idea what's available. They have, it's not even on their radar. Not e it's not that they're in the dark. They're just not concerned with it at all. 53% of our country... I walked out of service last week, and if you missed service last week, we were just celebrating everything that God has been doing in this church. And it's just so humbling. It's so amazing. Seeing 87 people make decisions for Jesus since right around Easter Sunday. Seeing them baptized, hearing the stories and the testimonies. And I was in my prayer closet um, not too long after that, and I was just thanking God because there's been a lot of work and prayer and preparation for the harvest that we're seeing now, and heavy prices have been paid to see God move in the lives of these people, and I was just thanking him for everything that he was doing, and he says, hey, do you want to build a big church, or do you want to reach the lost? And that hit me so hard, I was like, well, I, I had to, to stop for a second because I was almost 
hurt and offended by the question because, God, you know my motivation. I'm not about building a big church. I want to reach the lost. The rest takes care of itself. For winning people, then they're coming into the church, you know what I mean, so we can disciple them and see them grow. And he says, no, it's not what I'm talking about. He says, do you want to build a big church or do you want to reach the lost? I said, well, God, I want to reach the lost. You know my heart. I want to reach the lost. And he said, if you want to reach the lost, then let me break you. And let me give you my heart for the lost. Well, God, I thought I had your heart. He goes, no, you have my heart, but I need to break that heart. There's a difference between having a passion for the lost and being consumed with a heart for the lost. God, whatever you want, and I'm telling you, this guy up here today is a broken guy. God took me through a process that absolutely wrecked me in his presence. And 53 isn't just a number anymore. It's a personal challenge for me. I've got something burning in me that I did not have before. I've got a hook in my heart that draws me to the loss that I've never had before. And my, my, my goal, my mission, my purpose for today is to give you the word that God gave me and hope against all hopes that a fire is ignited in you today and is ignited in this church today, a fire that is passionate for the loss like we have never had before in this church. This is way, way over my head. I'm not qualified to do stuff like this. Thank God for his Holy Spirit. Paul gives us a blueprint for reaching the lost. I got news for you. You don't reach the lost on a personal level by preaching at them. You reach the lost on a personal level by connecting with them and building relationships with them and investing time with them. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 25. I'm going to read this out of the message version because I'm just telling you right now, it's probably the best interpretation of this block of scripture I've ever seen. There's some stuff the message Bible interprets that I'm not a big fan of. I'll just be straight with you, but this is outstanding. Let me read over this briefly, and then we're just going to pick this apart this morning and see what God does in our hearts today. Are y'all with me? I know that was a heavy start to a message, but I want you to know what's in my heart this morning. It says, even though I am free from the demands and expectations of everyone, I've voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. My God, let this church be a church that doesn't just talk about it. Let's be in on it. Amen? Amen. Let's be in on it. 
There's a lot of stuff that we can glean from this passage of Scripture. Let me just dive right into it because I think God's got a lot left to do in us today. Um, Paul's strategy, what he did, which, by the way, I thought pretty effective if you follow Paul's life and ministry. Um, He says, what's important is adding value by serving the lost. Adding value by serving the lost. He says, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people Serving the lost to win the lost. What does that mean? It means you, you're earning the right to share your faith. That's what he's talking about. I'm earning the right to share my faith. I'm, I'm serving you out of a heart that loves you. Whether it's serving and doing stuff around the house. Whether it's picking up the bill for lunch. Whether it's, it's just finding practical ways to serve others. To create a platform of connection to them. So that we can share our faith with them. Old school used to say, you got to be Jesus with skin on. And that's what it is. I got a question for you today. Not wishful thinking, but today. How are you serving the lost? How are you serving the lost? Well, I serve in church, Pat. That's great. I love that we have people that serve in church. I love that we have people that serve in their homes. But how are we serving the lost. Paul says, I've got a plan. I've got an agenda. I'm going to find a way to connect with people by serving them so that I can give them Jesus. How are we serving the lost? How are we serving the lost? So that's on purpose. It's intentional. It's deliberate. It doesn't accidentally happen. The second thing he says, we can pull out of this passage of scripture, he says, not only does he get in there and serve others, but he includes everyone. So include everyone. Everybody in here say everyone. 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 You know who that means? Everyone. So he says, this is who I'm going after. He says, I'm going after religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralists, loose living, immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized. I love this word. Whoever. Whoever. I'm going after them all. Whoever. That sounds a lot like the heart of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Paul had captured the heart of Jesus for the lost. This is for, for whoever. He didn't discriminate. He didn't just pick a select group of people. Paul went after everyone. And that same message is for us today. To reach out to whoever. To serve whoever. To show the love of God to whoever. Whoever. That, that is such a powerful word right there. I, newsflash. And I don't think this gets talked about enough in church. You know that Jesus died for the people I don't like. Jesus died for the people that you don't like. He died for everyone. Say everyone. Oh, he died for everyone. Paul gives this list of people. He says, I try to reach everyone. Could it be said of the church that we are trying to reach everyone? See, we just came out of Pride Month and our nation just went crazy celebrating that sinful lifestyle. But the truth of the matter is Jesus died for the homosexual. Jesus died for the transgender. You understand? Jesus died for the bisexual. Jesus died. He died. Listen to this. Jesus died for Republicans. 
Jesus died for Democrats. Jesus died for liberals and conservatives. Jesus died for me, a cracker white boy. All right? Jesus died for every black person on the planet. Jesus died for every Hispanic person, every, every Asian person. He died for all people. He died for everyone, not just the people that think like us, act like us, or dress like us. He died for all people. See, one of the biggest atrocities I have seen and one of the biggest strikes against the church, especially in the last 15 years, is that we have gotten really good at letting people know what our political stance is, but we've been quiet when it talks about the love of Jesus. When they stand in front of God, he's not going to ask them who they voted for. He's going to ask them who's in their heart. He's going to ask them what they did with Jesus. More importantly, he's going to ask us that question too. My God, if the church could get as vocal about Jesus as we do about politics. I'm not saying voting is bad. Vote. Vote the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Vote the Bible. Vote the Bible. But if it comes down to me expressing my opinion about something or reaching somebody for Jesus, my opinion is absolutely worthless. That moment to lead someone to Jesus is priceless. Yeah. He included everyone. Wow. What, what one percent are you? What 1% are you? Are you the type of person that can walk into a room with someone, even if you disagree with 99% of what's going to come out of their mouth? Are you the person that can find the 1% that you can agree on and use that as a connection point to lead them to Jesus and share your faith? Or are you the kind of person that shuns 99% of the population so that you can surround yourself with the 1% of people that actually agree with you on almost everything? One of the things I love about Jesus is that Jesus, he went after people that were nothing like him. And one of the beautiful things that you see in response was that people who were nothing like Jesus crowded around him because he was giving answers today for them that day. I, I, I love the response. Jesus was there for everyone. He says, I got one mission. That's to seek and save the lost. To seek and save the lost. What's our mission personally? Well, I invite people to church. That's awesome that you invite people to church, but do you share your faith on a personal level? Do you connect with people to bring them into a relationship with Jesus? What, what kind of 1% are you? It's funny, when I, when I talk to atheists or I talk to people that are homosexual, I, I, I spend a lot of time apologizing for how brutal and how hard-hearted the church is towards them. When I talk to people that or out in the community, which I'm, I'm just telling you, I make friends everywhere I go because I want to lead these people to Jesus. So I got friends at gas stations. I got friends at restaurants. I've got friends at computer shops. I've got friends at the mall. I've got friends everywhere. And after connecting with them, we start conversations, you know, and eventually passions are going to come up and we start talking about the church. And the, the strike is always how bitter and how pointed and I'm not saying everyone, please don't misinterpret me. I'm not saying everyone in here is like that, but just in general, their take on church. So they don't see a lot of love, but they sure know what we're against. What 1% are you?
I pray that today your heart gets broken for the lost like the Lord just has broken and is breaking mine. You know, we've got to get outside the shell of our agenda and comfort zone and get back to the foot of the cross and get about the mission that Jesus has called us to, to reach the world. Newsflash, the world is going to be the world. The, new, the world is going to be looking for answers in all the wrong places because they don't know about the Jesus that we have. It's our job to reach out to them where they are, where they are without compromise. And I think that's probably one of the bigger problems with churches across the board today. And this is something that, that Paul pointed out in this block of scripture. He says, be solid in our walk with God. He says, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. You can minister to a culture without becoming affected by the culture. So he says, I stepped over. I, I didn't take on their way of life. I was still me. I was still passionate for God. I still stood on the truth. I didn't compromise, but I went over into where they were. A compromised church is never going to reach the lost like Jesus wants us to reach the lost. And across the board, when you look at churches, and I don't know, that's a case. It, one of the bigger frustrations that a lot of my pastor buddies have is, is man, I, it, I, it's such a challenge to get people to step out of the world and get serious about their walk with God. It's just amazing to me. People are still in, in the, and I, I'm not saying there's not room for growth. We're all on different levels spiritually in this room, okay? Um, but if you've been a Christian for 10 plus years, maybe it's time to finally learn the lesson to let go of stuff and not walk around with bitterness. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's time to let the addiction to porn be broken. Maybe it's time to stop living in willful sin and compromise in your life. Listen, if the Bible calls it sin, it shouldn't be a part of our lifestyle. We should be in the process of stepping out of that and becoming who Jesus has called us to be. And if you live a life of compromise, there's no way. Now hear me, this, this, there's no way you can operate at the level of spiritual power that God wants you to operate at if you're choosing to live a compromised lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've got to get that junk out so that we're available yeah. to reach the lost and to operate with a power ha, and the freedom. It, it's great. Why would anyone want the Jesus that you serve if you're cussing along with them at work? If they see you compromise your integrity. Why would anyone want the Jesus that you serve when they see you get blackout drunk on a Friday and then say you're going to show up to church on a Sunday? You understand what I'm saying? Why, why? There's got to be a difference there. And I don't want to come down too heavy, but my God, we've got to draw a line in the sand somewhere and say, we, if, if Jesus is real in our hearts, then he's got to be real in our lives. And he said, you'll know them by their fruit. There's a lot of people in churches bearing the fruit of the world. And it's time for us, I think, to kick some of that out of our hearts and, and get on it. I don't, I don't think we have a sinner problem. In fact, I, I'll go so far as to say this. I, we don't have a hardened sinner problem. We have an uncommitted Christian problem. When the biggest struggle... And our walk with God is trying to decide if we want to serve on a ministry team once a month or if that's too much for our schedule. That tells me that we have hearts that are far away from Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. An uncommitted church problem, an uncommitted Christian problem. Question. If your commitment to Christ could only be validated by your passion for reaching the lost, where would you stand? Where would we stand? We need to let God break our hearts for the lost. On another level, on another level, this is what Paul says 
that he did it. It is amazing to me. He says to enter their world. Enter their world. He says, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world. Jesus did the same thing for us. He didn't demand that we go to him. He said, you can't get to me. I am going to come to you. This world out here, we're not even on their radar, but we have what they need. It's upon us to go into their world and reach them with the gospel of Jesus. To not just invite them to church. when, When Jesus gave the final command to us, it wasn't called the great invitation. It was called the great commission. He commissioned us to go out and reach the lost for Jesus He entered their world. This is what Jesus does if you look at his life in Matthew chapter 9. Turn to verse 35. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Among the people. It's where Jesus spent his time. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. If there was a phrase to describe the world today, that would be it. They're weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He went into their world. The only reason I am here today is because somebody cared enough to come into my world. I remember there was a season where I had gotten into church and was test driving it a little bit, and God was starting to do stuff in my life. And then uh, me and a buddy were at the wrong place at the wrong time and got into some trouble that we, we got accused of doing some stuff we didn't do and went through a long legal process. And I won't bore you with all the details, but I tell you what, I did learn that gossips in church move quickly. I did learn that people will form an opinion of you with only partial knowledge of situations. And I learned how quickly you can get shunned from a group of believers that say they believe in grace and second chances. For everybody else, not so much. But for themselves, absolutely. So I said, forget all this. And I walked away. And I said, man, if this, if this is it, I made the big mistake. See, I was, I was too immature in my faith to know that a person's mistake does not represent God's heart towards me, okay? And there are jacked up, messed up people in every church that are going to make mistakes. So listen, if you're in that boat and somebody's made a mistake, listen, that wasn't God. That was a person that needs the grace of God to help them grow so they can overcome that foolishness. But I I stepped out and I said, I'm done with it all. And there was a guy named Rob who would not let me go. Boy, I try to put myself behind every wall I could build up. I have bunkers. I, I was in the inner room of my castle behind bunkers and walls and torrent guns and cannons and no trespassing signs all over the place. I didn't want to talk about God. I didn't want to talk about church. I didn't want, I just, I was done with it. And Rob knew that. So Rob said, hey, why don't we just play some basketball? That's the one thing we can agree on, right? Yeah, we, okay. So we'll play basketball. So every day after work, I'd be out there shooting around, and he'd come out and play with me. He's about 10 years older than me at the time. And uh, so I was like, all right, let's play. Let's go for it. One day at a time, he built a relationship with me, connected with me, on something and he slowly created a platform a connection to deliver the gospel with so eventually eventually I began to open up to him and this is what Paul's talking about here he goes not only did he enter their world he says uh, we need to experience things from their perspective Experience things from their perspective. Says, and, 
And he tried to experience things from their point of view. That's how Paul wrote it. To experience things from their perspective. This guy, Rob, he wasn't preaching at me. He was showing love to me. And eventually conversations came up. And he goes, hey, man, I know what happened. But I never heard your take on what happened. He was interested in my point of view. And he didn't argue with me or, or get combative with me. He didn't defend people. He was interested in how it affected me. I began to tell him how I felt. He goes, man, that's, that stinks. I'm telling him how I was disappointed. People that I trusted you know, let me down. And man, I get that. I'm so sorry that happened. You know, that doesn't change God's heart for you. I know all that. But he tried to connect with me because he, he, he wanted to just hit pause and find out my perspective on things. Maybe we would be more effective in reaching others for Jesus if we went after them where they were. And then we took the time to learn their story. When you listen to my story... That changes things. Because now you're starting to communicate that you care about me. And you're not just trying to sell me something. When we pause to learn where other people are coming from. And, and I'm not talking about this whole tolerance bull crap that's just sweeping across churches. But I'm talking about genuinely being concerned about individuals. See, I learned this lesson early when I was, um, we, were, we were in a message series a few years back and I was doing a, a sermon on um, homosexuality and what the Bible says about marriage and the gay lifestyle and all of that stuff. And I had all the scriptures, I had all the points, I had all the truth and God just prompted me and said, yeah, why don't you go talk to some of these people that you're about to preach against? And maybe hear things from their perspective so that instead of drawing a line in the sand, you could build a bridge and try to connect them to the gospel. So, so that's what I did. I picked up the phone and I started making phone calls to um, all my friends. I've always got friends. Always got friends. So, hey, I feel like the Lord wants me to speak on this, but before I do it, I want to have a conversation. I'm just going to tell you up front, you're not going to change my view on things because the Word of God is not going to change ever. But help me understand what you're walking through Help me understand what a Christian could say that will connect with you in this and lead. I had some of the most amazing conversations. I was crying with people over dinner, hearing about the hurt and the trauma and the abuse that they had come out of. Hearing the stories of, of all that they were carrying and how they were so scared of coming through the doors of the church to, to get the answer because they know all the rhetoric and the talking points and, and all of that. And you know, you can you can share the truth of the word of God in love. And the truth is still gonna be the truth. The truth is not going to change. But maybe we could do what Jesus did in meeting people where they were connecting with them on a real and personal level, taking time to hear their story and then drawing them into life transformation that only the Holy Spirit can do in someone as they get closer to God. Remember talking to, to atheists in prep for, for messages and I love talking to atheists. If you're here today, you're watching online and you're an atheist, listen, I want you to be my new best friend. I love atheists. I absolutely do. I was talking to one atheist 
a friend of mine got lots of friends I got lots of friends and uh, he liked watching football this guy so I knew we were not going to connect on anything on the planet in fact atheists I'm just telling you they're special breed because they walk around with a loaded shotgun just ready just ready. You don't have to worry about asking an atheist if they're an atheist. Usually they're going to tell you. Atheists are like vegans and CrossFit people. Sooner or later, sooner or later it's going to come out, you know. And uh, so I knew where he stood. He knew where I stood. But we liked football. And that was a common ground. So I built a relationship with him out of football. And I just avoided the unproductive conversations. And when he would bring it up, I would share just a little bit. One day he opened up and he said, man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the reason why I'm an atheist. Just straight up, you want to know? Like, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. He says, I'm an atheist because I just can't believe in a God that would send people to hell. And I said, me either. He got this confused look on his face. What? He said, me either. He goes, no, 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 no. I, I'm an atheist because I can't believe in a God that would send people to hell. Yeah, me either. I'm with you on that. Oh, I think you're talking about the wrong God. What? Yeah, you got the wrong God, buddy. I don't, I don't know who you're talking about, but you're not talking about the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible doesn't send anybody to hell. In fact, he's done absolutely everything he could possibly do to keep us from going to hell. He paid every price he could pay. He even sent his own son to take our place, to take our sin on him. That sin that separated us from God, he put it on himself and paid the price himself for us all. If Look, God doesn't send anybody to If we go to hell, it's because we walk over the cross of Jesus and everything that he's done. You got the wrong God. Bing! Light came on. He says, you got to tell me more about that then. I said, all right, I can do that. There's no problem at all, but it flows out of a point of connection. To hear things from their perspective. We're really great about giving our opinions, but do we ever just shut up to listen to someone's perspective and point of view? It's how you connect with others. Not to compromise your life. I love what Paul said. I entered into their world. I, I kept my walk with Jesus. I didn't let them affect me. I was still me, but I crossed over to reach them. So intentional, so on purpose. Experiencing things from their perspective. And he says, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet. Says, I've done everything. I've tried everything possible to connect with these people if this doesn't work I tried to find other common ground if that didn't work I went back to the drawing board to try to find something else I made it my mission to connect with people instead of shunning people and distancing myself from people I made it my mission to find a way into their life and connect with them so that I could share my faith with them that I did all of this because of the message and then that while we're here today because of the message that message that Jesus died for sinners that Jesus paid the price so that we didn't have to. That message. That, see, you're here today because somebody shared that message with you. Whether it was a guy like me talking from a, a platform or if it was someone over coffee or dinner or in your living room. We're all here today, most of us, I would think, because somebody cared enough to take the time to share that message. Aren't you glad 
someone took the time to share the message of the gospel with you. I'm so glad somebody took the time to share it with me. Paul says, I do it all because of the message. I, he, he refused that I refuse, I refuse to breathe my last breath and give thanks to God for what he's done in my life and for how he saved me when he has called me to share that testimony and that, that story with everyone I come into contact with. I can't take the gospel and put it in a box and keep it just for me. He's called us to share it with others. He's called us to share it with others. It's that message. He says, I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Every day we wake up, most of us are going to go to work, come home. We've got our routine. But is there anywhere in that routine a deliberate effort to reach the lost for Jesus? So funny, if I went on a traveling crusade around every church in this country, I would find pockets of churches that are on fire for God and they totally get it. And then I would find churches that look at me like I'm speaking Greek to them because they just don't get it because they're so in the routine of the biggest struggle and sacrifice for God in their life is showing up to church on Sunday so they can hear a few good songs and receive a message and then they go out the door to struggle all week and get their butt kicked by the world to limp back in here again to start the process all over again and Jesus died for us to be so much more than that We all have family that if they don't receive Jesus, they're going to go to hell. We all have friends that if they don't receive Jesus, they're going to go to hell. I don't want to overstate the point, but if we're in their lives, we have a mission. And it's to reach them. The problem with a lot of church people is that we have distanced ourselves so much from the world that there's nobody in our lives right now that isn't a Christian. There's nobody in our, our world right now that would need Jesus. Well, I go to church, I do my ministry, I, I, I read my Bible. That's awesome. It's absolutely useless if you're not reaching people for Jesus. You have a form of godliness and you're denying the power. I say that with all the love in my heart. It's my prayer today that God breaks us. That he breaks us. And puts a burden and a passion on us for the lost like we've never had before in this church. We have a passion for the lost here, but I don't think we do like God wants us to have. And I'm hoping that somehow what he has started in me on this new level transfers to you today. And you have a burden for the lost like never before. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second. I think God is speaking to us pretty directly today in an encouraging way. Question for you, will you let him break you? I'm not talking about what you know to do or what you know you should do. I'm talking about letting him have access, total access To birth a burden for the lost in you not not just to invite them to church or to be a part of what's happening at the church and that's fine and well and good but we have to personally own this great commission to reach people for Jesus first question today is this 
Will you let the Lord break you? I don't care if you're in the media booth. I don't care if you're supposed to be doing stuff with the worship team in a little bit. None of that matters. What happens in this moment matters. Will you let God break you? And birth a heart for the lost on another level in you today. The first thing I'm going to do is just ask for a response. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Pastor Josh, I'm willing and ready to let God do whatever he needs to in me. I want to reach the lost on another level in a practical way. Like Paul writes about, I, I want to take that from a passage of scripture to be the game plan for my life on reaching the lost. If that's you this morning, heads bowed, eyes closed all across this room. If that is you on the count of three, I want you to lift your eyes and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. His eyes are going up all in this place. I love it. How many of you, by a show of hands, would say, I have someone in my world, in my life right now, that needs Jesus? Let's all stand this morning. Eyes went up all in this place. Hands went up all in this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you've seen the responses. Lord, and you see every heart in this room. Father, it's my sincere desire that no one, no one, feel guilt or condemnation today. Lord, it's my heart that they would feel the fire of your spirit and your passion in your heart for the lost today. Lord, that it would compel us to intercede and to pray and to reach out and to be creative, Lord, in reaching those around us, Lord, to find common ground and instead of voicing our opinion and drawing lines in the sand, Lord, that we build bridges to reach the lost and draw them to you without compromise, without settling, but with love and a pure motivation, God, reaching out to the lost the way you modeled, the way Paul explains in this passage of Scripture, Lord, show us Show us, Lord, those inroads to begin to build relationships through servanthood, through finding the connection points to introduce people to you, Lord. Let us be focused on the right 1% instead of distracted by the other. all across this place let's just lift up our hands for a moment Holy Spirit do in us what you want to do in us we are yielded vessels for you Lord if we need to repent because of our hearts and our attitudes Lord we do that right now it's so easy for cynicism and skepticism and that, that edge to be on us in, in a wrong way, Father. Lord, we repent for our hearts being hardened toward the mission that you died for. Lord, let us see people through your eyes. Lord, let us, let us capture your heart, Lord, when we love like you love, then we see how you see Lord let our hearts be lined up with yours so that we can see others the way that you do and ignite that fire in us Lord that won't leave us alone 
God, ignite that passion in us to reach others. Lord, let, let everyone else throw their grenades. Let everyone else do the hate speech. Let everyone else, let everyone else be judgmental, Lord. But let, let our church, God, starting with me, Lord, let us be a group of people that has your heart and is focused on reaching the lost and not launching another program unless it means reaching people for Jesus and not doing any. Lord, let it be the, the, the center point focus of everything that we do. That when we go to work, it's more than just to get a check. Lord, you've, you've provided. you provided a platform there of people you're sending us in as missionaries to our jobs to lead people to you father we ask lord show us the people around us all the time lord let us look for opportunities like paul did lord let us look for opportunities to just plant a seed to make a connection to find a way to serve, to show genuine interest and love in someone, to give them Jesus. Not an invite card to a church, but to give them Jesus. Father, if our hearts need to be changed before you today, Lord, change them. We choose right now, Lord. To, to step out of the, the chain and the dirt of that religious mindset. That same heart that, that caused the Pharisees to do what they did. And Jesus was always going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. Lord, let us have the right heart. Instead of being the Pharisees that dragged the people out of the house to stone them for what they've done, let us capture the heart of Jesus to kneel down and to begin to write in the sand. That heart to cross racial and social lines like you did, Lord, when you were talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Father, God, if there's prejudice in this room, let it die in the name of Jesus. Father, we don't want to build a big church. We want to advance your kingdom. We want to reach the lost and point people to you. Father, birth that in us today. We give you glory. We give you praise, Father, for what you're doing in this place, for what you've done in our lives. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's give God praise in the house today. He's so worthy of it.